Hello everyone. Hello everyone. To 3 a.m. Mamak session with Radiance Project by University of Nottingham, Malaysia. So I am Wen Chen. Uh, my name is KB and I'm one of the OCs for Radiance. Uh, my name is Emily. My Hello. name is Mugi. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm from the Mental Health Association of Sarawak, which is the beneficiary or, uh, organization for the Radiance Project. Hey, I'm Yana. So today we are discussing on the topic, how do Asian cultures deal with mental health? But before we begin, I would like to place a gentle reminder or disclaimer that anything and everything that we are about to discuss is based on our own experience and opinion and that you have all the rights to disagree or agree. This is an educational space and we are all here to learn together. I hope you have a drink with you and that you enjoy the rest of the session with an open mind. Okay, to start off easy, how do you view mental health? It's a kind of a broad like topic though. You mean like, I guess from a personal point of view, mental health is like, it's like sort of like a balance, I guess, between like physical and mental health. A lot of people kind of forgo their mental health, especially in Asian cultures, because they're like, well, you can just be better, you know, you can just be stronger. It's fine. It's just mental. It's not like it's, actually hurting you or anything. I feel like that's what a lot of like uh, Asian people tend to think. Well, I agree with you, Kabun, when you said that um, mental health is a balance between the physical and mental components of your health. The thing is, maybe you can go a little bit more specific. Mental health is more than the absence or presence of a disorder. So most people only start thinking about, oh, you know, mental health issues when they start feeling that something is wrong or you know maybe I should see a doctor maybe there's something wrong with me but in reality mental health is a spectrum you can go from a hundred percent healthy which is like in a green zone all the way to the other side of the spectrum which is the red zone where you're in crisis where you need to see a doctor maybe you are unable to go to school don't want to see your friends your relationship with your family has been disrupted or perhaps you have thoughts of or attempted to hurt yourself or to take your life, for example. You have these thoughts of death. But in the middle, in reality, all of us have these um, have moments, right? We all feel things. Like we have all maybe lost someone that we love, like a grandparent or parent or friend. We have had our hearts broken. We've had our egos bruised because you're rejected for a scholarship or you didn't get into that school or that program that you really wanted to go to. Or maybe you've been bullied. You know, you've been hurt by your friends. You've been hurt by the people around you. So all these little hurts, they all add up to you probably having some sort of a mental health uh, challenges or issues throughout your lifetime. You cannot go through life without feeling things unless you are a robot, of course. But we're all human, right? We all feel things. The point I'm trying to make is mental health is not something that you think about or that, you know, suddenly happens when you are sick. It's an integral part of us and us Asians, we really need to think about this. We really need to immerse ourselves in this thought that you know, mental health is what we are. It's not something that you think about as an afterthought. It's not something that you think about when you're weak or you know, when you're feeling down and all that. So I'm really interested to hear what you all think about what I've just said. Actually, yeah, I agree with most of it. It actually does make sense in the long run because... 
I feel like mental health is actually, yeah, what are we if not just thinking creatures, right? So mental health obviously just makes up a lot of what we are. Uh, what Laura said, right? Yeah, you also give a new perspective because we always think like, oh, like mental health is only when something goes wrong. You know, like I feel anxious, I feel depressed, or I have something wrong with my mental health. But like a lot of what she says is like, um, a lot of factors in our life actually play a role. Yeah, so even us feeling happy or yeah just like good parts in our life also um, contributes to our mental health I think yeah so that's something new yeah that I got from what Laura has said yeah it's always ongoing it's not like those feelings just appeared out of nowhere they've probably already been there they're sort of building up in my view I feel that mental health affects a lot in our daily life um, it's included like um, emotional or psychological I think that it's very hard to discover by our naked eyes. Yeah, and sometimes even that person don't know what's going on on his or her mental changes. Yeah, therefore, I feel that mental health is very important to everyone. And most importantly, don't underestimate mental health. I agree with what Laura said and as well as Emily. It gives me the new perspective because a lot of us thought that mental health is mainly on the bad emotions that we feel and the bad thoughts that we feel. But truthfully, just like how our physical health is, when you're not sick, you're healthy. It's still about health. And the same way as mental goes, you're happy, excited about the new things that's going to happen in your life or the current thing that is happening in your life. It's still about your mental. I've never actually thought it thought that way before, um, but I do agree with what Flora said. I feel like it has broadened my thinking because like I've always thought like, oh, mental health means like, oh, I'm sick. Whenever I'm feeling a certain way, it's like, oh, because I'm like, I'm sick. That's why I feel that way. But then uh, never really think about it because like it's always been there, you know, like if you're feeling happy and then you like perform better, you do better. But if you're feeling sick, you're just going to put more stress on yourself. So yes, I do agree with what Nora said. It definitely did change my perspective on things, that's for sure. Now, how about you, Wenjin? What are the OCs? Well, I agree with all of you because when people think of mental health, right? I mean, for Asian people, when they mention about mental health, all they think about is probably the negative sides, but no one really thinks of the positive sides. Yeah, it's great that um, we're discussing on the positive sides of the mental health, the, um, how we define mental health. I think here is actually a little bit of an example for how Asian people treat mental health, especially my family. When I was in middle school, there was a period I was really depressed, like because I'm Chinese and uh, China got a really fierce competition when you want to get into a better high school. And because of that exam, I got a lot of depression. And once I even considered about commit suicide, I told it to my parents but they don't think it's a big deal. And lucky enough, I passed this dark time all by myself and make it. A lot of people, they're not that lucky as me. And they're not as good as me, like, because I can do a lot of self-construction. I can just comforting myself, but a lot of people, they can't. Um, so when they're trying to seeking for help in a typical Asian family, especially in China, Parents, you're not paying enough attention. And they think that perhaps it's simply because your lack of resilience, you're not strong enough. It's not a big deal. Uh, you can make it like this kind of uh, typical Chinese or 
more border Asian thoughts like that. So I think Bill related to mental health, there's still a situation is that lack of awareness in Asia. So that's a part people should focus in on. It's nice to see that we all have like kind of different-ish sort of views, but at the same time, we're all on the same page. I want to move on to actually a more, I guess, an enticing question. Because before, it's just like kind of to get a bearing of where we're all at, where we're all standing in this sort of topic. But this one is a little bit more, I would say, personal. Since we're all here of Asian descent, do you feel like there's any differences in how your family or your friends treat mental health as opposed to yourself or the people around? For example, your parents see it a different way from what you see it as. First of all, um, I'll just interject a little bit here. Uh, thank you, Mia, for sharing your story. That was a very personal story. And I'm really glad that you know, you're here with us at that moment in time and you were going through so much stress it must have been incredibly difficult for you and uh really resonate with what you said about your parents not understanding what you were going through because it is a, it's a very typical mindset of our asian parents uh. i also wanted to point out something it's not indirectly answering your question carbon but um it's more because i've been hearing each and every one of you talking about mental health being just feelings it's how you feel, right? You feel sad, you feel angry, you feel frustrated. But uh, in reality, we're also talking about other components. How healthy you are mentally affects how you think, how you behave, how you react to situations, how you cope with stressful situations, how resilient you are, basically. And also your relationships with everyone around you, whether it's your friends, your significant others, your parents, your family, etc. So, it's, it's a lot more than just how you feel. I hope that's a take home that everyone will, will, will walk away with thinking about uh, more today. I'm, I, want, I really want to hear what your parents think about mental health because obviously I'm very much older than you guys. You know, my, my parents are in their 70s now and they were actually really not very happy when I, was, I wanted to become a psychiatric pharmacist. They wanted me to, you know, do things like diabetes or, you know, heart disease, things that they were normal. But when I wanted to go into psychiatry, it was like, why are you going to work in a rumor in a hospital around Gila? Because literally I'm working in a psychiatric institution. I'm working in a mental institution. It's like, aren't you scared? You know, why are you dealing with crazy people every day? Wouldn't you go crazy too? So that was kind of their mentality. And really the concept of, of mental health was very much like what Mia shared earlier. You were not supposed to show any weakness. If you said that you couldn't cope or you cried or things like that, it was, you need to think positive or, you know, why are you so weak? We had it much tougher before. Our lives were so much harder than yours. This, that, that same story. So I'm wondering for your generation, with your parents obviously being much younger, is the same narrative about mental health being repeated? Mm, for me personally, it actually still kind of is. For example, right recently, actually, my older brother, he was diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. He was clinically diagnosed, went to a psychiatric ward in it, like not a psychiatric, but he went to the, like, the hospital, got checked out by a psychiatrist and everything. And my parents attributed this to ghosts 
because my parents are quite superstitious and they're very like very I would say set in their ways is the way to describe it and it kind of shows you how backwards some some of the older generation can be when you tell them about these things which makes sense because they're from a different time it makes sense that they don't really kind of understand these things but it, that kind of like situation really illustrates like the disconnect between the younger and the older generation when you talk about mental health like they're like oh it must be like bad feng shui or there's something wrong with that place spiritually it's not something that oh it's happening in your brain no it's it's a ghost something like that and they have like sort of the same outlook where they're like if you know we didn't have to deal with this stuff back in our day if you guys are dealing with it now maybe you guys are just weak like when you just talk about mental health problems in general not disorders like um not, not stuff like adhd or anxiety like stuff that's clinically diagnosed they would say oh it's because you're just you know maybe like the newer generation is just weaker they're not beset by as many challenges so because of that they can't grow stronger stuff like that, that that's that's my personal experience with it and if you think about it that's really quite sad right i mean my parents and your parents the gap is probably 30 years or so 30 that, 40 yeah. years right yeah, around, it's still the same story it shows like it shows how i guess how much hasn't really changed between that time the generations even though it's like about like a generation apart they're still so similar in the way they think because their parents thought that way so they think that way and then maybe their kids will think that way so i like to think that you know the next generation can be better they don't attribute mental disorders to ghosts anymore i think it also like brings up a really good point about how like asian some asian parents can be where they kind of care more about the reputation oh no my kid has a problem rather than oh my kid has a problem they care more about the name of it rather than the kid it seems to also be something that happened i see a lot with my cousins my relatives my friends and family actually the parents are more interested in reputation yeah it's less about the individual more about the name so i feel that asian right the lacking of understanding or underestimated better health yeah, when I'm staying at psychiatry work, right, means I'm hospitalized. Majority of adolescents having a good academic result, they are even have a top student in it. But they're having a serious mental challenge during their staying at psychiatry work. From our conversation, right, I feel that they talk about the pressure they're given by their parents and the relationship between them. One of my friends told me that his parents giving her fully tuition schedule that most of the time he is going on the tuition after school, even at night or even weekend, he always go to tuition that non-stop. And so he don't have give her time for him to relax. Yeah, so from this story, let me know that uh, Asian is really focused on studying and um, physical health than mental health. Yeah. And another thing is from my experience, right, when I'm having a serious hallucination, which means I tell my parents what I'm going through right now. And my parents bring me to meet, in Buddhist term, we call it as shifu. Yeah, she bring me to the, that shifu for like specialized on spiritual activity. And instead of clinic and, clinic and physical, like, during that time, I really don't know what should I do because I don't know how to deal with this kind of issue because I never made it. And I really doubt myself, should I believe science or should I believe religious? But what I can I do is just follow my mom for a few years, just follow her instruction. And it actually doesn't help anything. And I think even make it worse. Yeah, yeah, that's 
from my experience on Asian people's mental health. Yeah, same. I mean, similar to what happened to my older brother. Basically, the parents instantly go, well, religion is the way to go instead of clinical science. That's actually really depressing when you think about it. Uh, that's actually a somewhat, somewhat common thing among the older generation. The thing is, it's not, it's not an absolute black and white thing. Like having spiritual beliefs, having religious beliefs is bad. You know, it, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, for us, we know that religion and spirituality and, and culture is, is so much part of our identity. We can't really tell people that it's wrong. You can't do that. You can't go there. You can't go to this uh, sifu. You can't go to this, your spiritual advisor, your religious advisor, you, all that. What we, we hope to try and see is for people to go both. You, you go to your... Um, your doctor, you go, you trust clinical science. At the same time, if you choose and you hope, you believe that it may help you, you can go ahead to seek religious and spiritual advice. Well, in reality, religion is so big a part of identity, it cannot be removed. And evidence does show that if anyone has some sort of very strong spiritual belief, spiritual, not religious, you believe in a higher power, you believe in something that is bigger than, than yourself, than, your, than this world, your mental health actually improves. But if you bring in all the other things, um, saying that if you display signs of mental health issues, then you're spiritually weak. You don't believe in God enough. So there's something wrong with you, basically. Then that's that's not right. That's not right at all. And I feel so sad listening to your stories, like the pressures that you guys are under. I don't think I had it that bad. You guys seem to be having a really tough time now. This generation of 17, 18-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds, you're all below 20, right? I'm turning 21. Okay, you're around about that age. It's true though, but... At the same time, it's also nice that I feel like our generation, they, they're more privy to these issues, I guess. Maybe because like the technological boom, like Western culture and all that. And then Western, Western people take all these issues a lot more seriously. The Asian people, I would say not the worst side, but it's just more strict side. They're less about the individual, basically. Okay, then... That's right. We are very um, community-oriented. We are not individualistic. Yeah, yeah. So everything yeah. is about how you present yourself to your community and you are part of the community, whether that's your ethnicity or your religion. Yeah, that's actually an interesting perspective that Western cultures are more oriented around the individual, but uh, in Asian cultures, it's more like, what can you do for your family or what can you do for your community, for your name, basically? And you can even see this in like... Uh, like in culture where like family names are a lot more important in Asia like in Eastern cultures in Western cultures it's not as important I guess Any, anything else anyone want to add to this? if not I think we can call it for a really quick short break we all had some pretty meaningful sharing our personal run-ins with how bad Asians have it in terms of mental health so let's move on to in in a similar vein uh, how do you think the older generation affects the younger generation? And what do you think their role is in this issue? I don't quite get your question. Do you mean like how we can change their perception about mental health? I suppose like uh, what effect they have. For example, like say our parents, people that we look up to like teachers, stuff like that, role models, basically. How can they affect how we think about mental health? For example, in Sheldon's case, they his 
when he was a kid, you know, he didn't know any better. So his parents told him, okay, this is the solution. This is the solution. But it was not a solution. I think a little, I think it kind of, I, it's not really related to mental health, but a kind of hard truth that to kind of realize as you grow up is that the adults aren't always right and they don't always know what you're doing. So it kind of sucks when you follow them and you realize, well, I shouldn't have. The idea that I kind of want to introduce at this point is something called generational trauma. Just when you think about it, uh, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, they most of them led pretty hard lives. Um, for those who migrated here from, from China, life was really tough. During the Japanese occupation, during all the wars, it was really, really tough. And during that time, our parents, our grandparents, they probably didn't have the time or the space to kind of process all that they've been through. All the abuse or the poverty, the fear of not having enough food or money or a place to stay, things like that. Trauma like that can be passed from generation to generation. It's been well documented. Um, maybe not so much in the Asian culture, but for the African-Americans, those who were descended from slaves, definitely there is this um, very strong evidence of uh, generational trauma inherited from their forefathers. So what I'm trying to say is that our parents, yeah, they probably have suffered generational trauma of some sort and they are kind of um, not processing it because they don't know how. And as a result of that, it affects everything that they do. It affects how they treat their children, how they bring up their children, um, how they react to situations and to stress of their own. And I guess at this age, I've been able to kind of understand that our parents did the best that they could with what they, the best way that they knew how. So our role as their children, as the younger generation, is really to not pass down that generational trauma, not co- let it continue to the next generation, so on and so forth. So I- I'm interested to see uh, what you guys think about this. Yeah, I mean, that, that does actually tie back to what we said, yeah, what we were talking about just now. That, like, the parent, our parents didn't exactly have the answers. They were just working with what they had. And yeah, it does... It's sort of like a bitter feeling when you realize it wasn't it wasn't the right answers. But they it's not it's not like they're wrong for it. They just they they just did what they could. For me at least, I feel like at this point I sort of try to look past it. Like my parents would do stuff like oh you know ADHD because of ghosts stuff like that, or like oh mental health problems you're weak. I sort of look past it because. I did just from a different time. That that's my two cents. I know that people say that oh you can change, you know, but it's it's hard. Like, it's it's hard enough for anybody to do it. So uh, my parents they're pretty set in their ways. I don't expect them to change. They're still my parents. You know, I still love them, but I don't expect them to improve anytime soon. I suppose I, it, a little bit of a dark notion, but yeah. Yeah. So like like what Laura said, right? A lot of them come from like. Uh, they used to be like really poor back in the days and stuff yeah so like my parents also like they used to say oh yeah like mental health because like uh we always hear from foreign media like oh I'm I'm I have anxiety I have depression like 
it's coming up more and more right? like people are talking about this more and more yeah so like my parents kind of say like uh that is like rich people problems you know like we didn't have the time to think about that you know we always we had to go find jobs we had to think of how to feed the family how to you know uh, earn money for their siblings to go to school yeah and stuff like that so I think yeah really a lot of it is like from generational trauma like you said that like causes them to think in these ways I guess yeah but for my parents other than that I think they are actually like I'm really grateful that they're actually supportive like they are actually they want to learn more and try to be more supportive of you know like mental health like yeah like Asians right like I used to go to Chinese primary schools yeah and it's like really stressful so like we stay up really late yeah stay up till 12 o'clock to finish your homework and then you have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go to school yeah and so like I was also like really stressed and really tired you know and I'll always like cry before exams because it's like really strict like for the teachers for example maths right um if you get one question wrong they'll hit you once so it's like really traumatic and like really stressful but my parents were really supportive so like they actually listened to what I have to say and then they actually you know tried to help like they actually switched schools yeah so I switched to international school after like four years because I couldn't take it anymore yeah it's like really stressful yeah so I think in that aspect um, they were quite supportive, yeah. So I think a lot of it is, I think they just have to have more exposure, like more exposure to mental health, yeah, and just try to learn more, you know, yeah, like uh, be more educated about how to deal with um, like mental health. Yeah, uh, I do agree with Emily that, you know, parents, they play a huge role in affecting a child's mental health, you know, because like, most Asian parents, their wording are kind of harsh. You know, they have the mindset that criticizing makes us better, even though like they don't really mean it. And children that really take that seriously will make them doubt themselves, you know, and then they might lose self-confidence and worst case, they might feel depressed. But on the other hand, like supportive parents that compliment their children, will definitely have a positive impact on the child's mental health, you know, with the same outcome, actually, like, to make us improve ourselves, to make us better. Actually, Emily brought up a really good point. Uh, This whole time we've been talking just about, like, parents and how they affect people's mental health. But Emily talked about school. I don't think it's touched on a lot, but teachers in, like, Asian, like, right, teachers in Asian cultures are way different. Like, when you really think about it, oh, stuff like, oh, you did bad, you're gonna get scolded. Think about that for a second. That's really weird. They're meant to teach you. So, why is it when you do something wrong, it's bad? Isn't that the whole point of school? If everyone came here and got a hundred, then what is even the point of a teacher, right? I remember there was a really messed up saying that my teacher actually said, and it's still in my head to this day, is that she said that stress is good for you because it drives you to change. It drives you to improve. And I I agree to some extent. It's true. Stress does actually force you to change. But too much stress and it turns backwards. Or hell, even if like how much is too much, you know, like even like uh, I would say a moderate amount of stress, it's not really healthy when you think about it you're kind of forcing yourself to do better when you should just want to do better. You shouldn't feel the need to, you know? Yeah, I think Emily brought a really, really good point about school teachers and like how Asian education is 
don't know how messed up the entire thing is. It all boils down again to um, I think one of someone was talking about face, right? The the ego, the image, because Asian society is tends to be very achievement driven. So if you don't fit into that standard cookie cutter mold and you don't achieve those parameters, you don't belong. You're not good enough. And you're right. Our school system needs to change. I'm really appalled that your your teacher hit you, by the way, Emily, for getting a wrong answer. I would take my kid out of that school immediately on the same day. Because I went to a Chinese primary school too. I think our teachers weren't that bad then. They would, yes, they would hit us for if we were naughty, but not, certainly not if you got a wrong answer. That's that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible, actually. Yeah, actually, the the thing is, right, I, I was kind of surprised by it too. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me that much. Like, I can see it happening. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of crazy part. I don't know, like, primary school teachers were, they were, they were pretty strict. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah, actually, like, that wasn't for every class. It's just that because I was in the singing band, right? Yeah, the top class. So, like, the teachers were more strict. Like, they wanted us to achieve more. So, they thought that that was the way to go, you know, like, if I uh, threaten you with getting hit, then you would study harder and not get the questions wrong. Yeah, I think that that's their mindset at the time. I can totally also, with you, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> I have the yeah. experience with you. <laughs> that's terrible. And when you really think about it, it's really sad because I believe your teacher's are like that because there's a result of their training and also because there are bosses above them that are pushing for results. So they are passing down all that stress from, I suppose, Ministry of Education all the way to the school headmaster, all the way to the, the parents also. They are, they are undergoing that much stress and then they are passing it onto you by threatening you with hitting you if you don't get that result that you that everyone expects us, your students, to get. So it is really, really messed up if you think about it. Our whole society is really messed up. Yeah, I have a sem- similar experience on that also, yeah. During I'm going to my Basel Malayu tuition, my teacher will give me, will give us a lot of essay to memorize every week. And during the tuition, we need to like, write all of the essay that we memorize. And if we get the lower than certain mark, she will use rotan and hit our hand like every week. Every week that if you get lower than certain mark, she will, she will use rotan to hit us. Yeah, during that time, I was trying to avoid every time. I tried to avoid the tuition as much as possible. I will find a lot of excuse. I will find a lot of, a lot of very weird reason that I don't want to go to the tuition yet because my mom feel that that's the way you should, that's the way, that's the best way for you to learn the subject. Yeah, that's, that's how I might go through doing my tuition. Yeah. I think like our society actually promotes fear because they think that that's the only way for you to actually do something. It's really strange when you... It's kind of strange that, like, their mentality is like, well, I survived it, so my kids can. When it should have been like, you know, I went through it. I don't want my kids to do the same. You know, all those hardships. Why why put it on my kid? I know how hard it was. I'd rather not have my kid go through that. But people have different views. Some people think that people should be stronger. Some people think that people should have it easier. Yeah, so yeah. totally agree with that. I think every parent, before they become parents, you should take a test or just go to certain training. 
or at least just get a train about uh, some basic mental health mm. or not mental health, just basic uh, racing program stuff like that. They should have a more clearly view on how a children, how a child grow up, and how all these factors can affect them. This is really important because um, one of my friend he was experiencing something really serious like his mental issue come in a pack he was first diagnosed as ADHD when he was really young and then he become bipolar and then this depression and now he is in the early stage of DID which is dissociative identity disorder and uh, most of the reason why he end up like this is because his traumatic uh, childhood mm -hmm. experience like how his parents are ignoring him and how a poor neighborhood can infect it and um just this is really important so I, I think teachers and parents um they should first get some professional education and then they should just become teachers and parents and about the asian teacher thing i think actually the situation is becoming better at least in china is better but there's still a lot of inequality exist in this educational field because you know the good teachers or all these qualified teachers they're all in good city like big cities mm -hmm. or something's well developed and that it will just uh you know how to say make the situation worse or worse for you know the, those kids who are living in rural area and especially now the internet internet is like you know booming and they can get a lot of different information and they can just you know see the difference between their life and all those rich kids life and it actually will just lead to perhaps more severe or serious mental health issue. I fully agree with uh, Mia, right? Mia saying that, um, yes, anyone who wants to become a parent or a teacher should, or anyone who uh, deals directly with young children or youth should receive basic training in childhood psychology, in, uh, the development of the children's minds and things like that. Unfortunately, in reality, for parents, like at least teachers, and they do, they do get some form of training. But I think we also established earlier that the whole system is pushing for results. And that's, you know, partly why they are the way they are. Parents, like, I'm not trying to defend your parents, but um, at their core, I think they genuinely do believe what they are doing is right for you. They believe that it will make you stronger, it, that it will make you better able to cope with stress, make you a better person, basically. You can't argue with that. That's their belief. And I think you said that it's very hard to change. It might be almost impossible to, to change it. But what is more important that I see from all the conversations that you are having here, and one thing that Mia said earlier, much earlier today, you talked about being very self-aware you were able to talk yourself through the, the stress you were able to cool yourself out because you were very self-aware so i think i see that level of self-awareness in each of you as well like you know the situation is like that you also know that your parents cannot be changed but you are doing something to help yourself through that so i think that that's that's really uh that's really really awesome for me i just think that it's a response of the child you want your parents to be there with you always, whether the same way how your parents thought of you as a child, no matter how old you are, it's the same way that we as a child think, no matter how old I am, I will always need my parents with me. 
it is a strange it's very strange when it kind of like it dawns on you that your parents they aren't bulletproof and they have their own issues and then you have to step up in their place and yeah i, I agree with what you say also like how parents will always see oh it's their little babies you know we're just always their little kids it's the same way for us to them they'll always be our parents you know no matter how many like how much we mature how much we grow up like whenever oh like we might see like oh they're actually kind of flawed and have issues but they're still our parents well regardless we'll still look up to them that way um yeah, Mugi, you, you haven't talked for a while. You want to add anything to this? Like, how you ever had any kind of run-ins of this kind of situation? For me, personally, uh, I feel like, because my grandparents and father are immigrants, so uh, because of that, I think, like, they should be talked more about how, like, uh, because I, I have immigrant parents, so sometimes I feel like, Mm, my identity like, I don't know what is my identity sometimes because am I Indian or am I Malaysian and I feel like even though I'm purely like Indian right uh, I just told this to KB the other day but then it was like uh, basically I got my hair done I dyed it blonde and then all my relatives they are also Indian like me and they said like oh you're a white girl now and I'm like okay what and then because of this, like, I've always felt like, and I don't know how to speak uh, Tamil properly, like other, uh, a few like other Tamil people, because I wasn't taught to, I was taught that it's better to speak Malay and English uh, because uh, it would be easier for me in school, but not my own mother tongue. So uh, this is the thing as well, like uh, how uh, Asian parents, how brown parents always like ask, uh, always like push school towards us and also uh, I think tiger parenting plays a part in this because I feel like most Asian parents have the tiger parenting style and how that can severely affect uh, the mental health of a child because I think one of the like con- the concept of tiger parenting is basically like instilling a work ethic in your child when a child should have fun because, you know, they're a child. They're not adults to have a work ethic. You know, you have, you deal with that when you're an adult. But I just, I just think like, uh, I get that my parents, uh, they had it hard because they were immigrants and how my grandparents were basically slaves. They were manipulated by the British and they were brought here to be slaves uh, when we were actually a well-off family and we had nothing when we, come, when we came here. And um, so I know that everybody has been through a lot. And so whatever that I have gone through when I was a child and even now, I cannot say that I will excuse whatever they have done to me. But whatever they went through, that is like, that explains everything basically. Mm. So... I don't think like I should blame them but and I should excuse their behavior but it's like an explanation for why they are that way. Very, very well said. It just made me think to think about what Liana was talking about so because you know you you are very self-aware. The lot of you are very, very self-aware. I am um very happy to see that. Because you understand that this is not about blaming the adults who have hurt us but rather understanding why they are the way they are and trying to move forward in spite of everything you've been through, right? 
exactly that's why um uh, it is i think it's just my belief because i want to be a mom someday so but i have decided that if i were to get married my spouse and i will have to go to therapy to sort everything out because i just want to break this cycle of hurt and everything this generational trauma basically because i do not want whatever my child uh I, i do not want uh my child to go through the same pain as me and i don't want them to resent me i always want to try to be a better person and i did tell kv this the other day i think that everybody if they have the means to then they should try counseling or therapy or mm. just like uh, get a journal and just like see how that goes the key to self awareness is to understand yourself and to understand why you are the way you are and to do that you need this level of introspection some people may be able to get there without the benefit of counseling or third party therapists and all that um but it doesn't hurt to help to have extra help right to understand who you are to understand why you are the way you are but i think that's a that's an excellent idea um do i call you mugi yeah mugi right that's an excellent idea i think it's actually also it's actually really inspiring too because i think most people they would probably say it but they wouldn't act on it they would either like to go to therapy before to sort out all these things to make sure you don't pass these traumas on to your kids i think that's actually really really thoughtful yeah because i think a lot of parents they don't they think about it but i don't think they think that far they don't really consider you know the full impact of bringing a new life into this world it's like you know how they should raise it how they should treat them stuff like that i also think it's actually kind of interesting how um you said that you dyed your hair blonde and then they sort of stereotype you as a white girl interesting because previously we talked about it where how asian cultures are more community driven so you do something that kind of makes you stand out and you're instantly outed as another type you know like as someone oh you're just trying to be like white people now that you're trying to follow western trends so i think that's actually it's actually kind of interesting but really depressing in a way you can't do anything to stand out are there any more sharing If no then I guess we have to end this podcast session because we're running out of time. So if you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode and for that we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you Laura, Emily, Mugi, Sheldon, Liana, Mia and KB for this wonderful session and we hope to see you guys next time. May radiance be with you. Love you guys.